podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. Judges chapter 6, 33 through 7 and verse 25, we began last week looking at Gideon. This young lad who was a scared young chap carrying out an impossible task, trying to winnow wheat, trying to separate the wheat from the chaff down in a wine press where there is no wind trying to do an impossible, an impossible task. A man, a young lad, who was scared for his life because the Midianites were oppressing Israel in such a way they had nowhere to run or hide, but in the mountain passes, in the gorges, in the caves, just trying to stay alive. Israel cry out takes them seven years to eventually realize that they might just need God's help. It takes them seven years. Our prayer this morning, church, is that it does not take us that long. Hey, seven minutes, ample. Seven seconds, much better. Lord, I need you. Let's not wait as Israel have shown us that is not the way to go. And they pray to the Lord. They seek the Lord's help in these moments and the Lord answers the prayer but he does it in a way that we would never expect or anticipate and the angel of the Lord shows up while this young lad is doing an impossible task down in a wine press and calls him mighty warrior calls him mighty warrior and you think to yourself Lord you're having a laugh here I mean I believe he's got a sense of humor I've got siblings. The Lord has definitely got a sense of humor. But here he's saying, Gideon, my mighty warrior, because God is about to do something through Gideon that Israel would think is completely impossible. That we, even as we read the word today, that we can say that just seems completely and utterly impossible. And as we look then, as we move on from where we left off last week, as Gideon made things right with the, uh, with the Lord and said, sorry for the sin that Israel had been involved with, Gideon got himself right before the Lord. And in doing so, as he made peace with God, he was now in a position where he could make war with Midian. You know, we so desperately want God to deal with the things in our life. We want God to to make a way where there is no way. We want him to break down walls, to push back the boundaries. But we have to get ourselves right before him first. We have to say, Lord, I'm sorry for the sin in my life. Let's deal with this. We want that open line of communication so that God can do what seems to be, church, as we read this word together, seems to be the impossible. So we pick it up from verse 33 this morning, from chapter 6 and verse 33. It says, now all the Midianites, Amalekites, and other eastern peoples, praise the Lord for that, amen, (laughs) 
And other eastern peoples joined forces and crossed over the Jordan and camped in the valley of Jezreel. Then the Spirit of the Lord came on Gideon and he blew a trumpet, summoning a few other people to follow him. He sent messages throughout Manasseh, calling them to arms and also into Asher, Zebulon and Naphtali. So they too went up to meet them. Gideon said to God, if you will save Israel by my hand, as you have promised, look, I will place a wool fleece on the threshing floor. If there is dew only on the fleece and all the ground is dry, then I will know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you said. Verse 38 says, and that is what happened. Gideon rose early the next day. He squeezed the fleece and wrung out the dew, a bowl full of water. Gideon has taken down the Asherah pole to Baal. They've repented of their sin. They've been put back into communication with God. And Gideon, although scared, stepped up. He made peace with God. And now, though, church, the real challenge begins. The real challenge begins. The enemies are at their door. Gideon has met the angel of the Lord, yet he is still, church, not 100% sure that God is going to do what he said he's going to do. What a position to be in. As we see in verse 36 through 38, he asks God to do something else. Remember, the angel of the Lord has appeared to him. God has spoken to him. God has said, this is what we're going to do, Gideon. We're going to make war with Midian and we are going to overthrow them. But Gideon just wants one more sign. He just wants something to show that God really is in control. So he puts a fleece outside and he says, if everywhere is dry and the fleece is wet in the morning, then I will know, God, that you're going to do what you say you're going to do. I will know. And it's just as he asked. The fleece is wet. The ground is dry. And, Midian, and, and uh, Gideon is like, wow, God has done what he said he was going to do. But, I mean, just work with me here. Surely, somebody could have just dropped a bucket of water, eh? You know, just somebody could have tripped up over the edge of the rug, and it's possible. Just tripped up, and oh, I've spilt a bit of water. And there was no dew that night. And the rug was just wet anyway. So Gideon, as brazen as he is, says, God, I know you've done that. <laughs> and that was great. But I'm just taking out the chance that somebody could have just wet that fleece. So what I want this time, God, should you, you know, should it be okay to ask the question? What I want this time is the fleece to be dry and the ground to be wet. They'd need a few buckets to make that happen. You see, you see the psychology, you see what he's thinking. I mean, I can't say for sure, but I know how I am. Anybody else? <laughs> you know, God, just, you know... If the fleece is then dry and everywhere else is wet, then I will know, God, that you are going to do what you say you're going to do. You know, church, doesn't this show us that Gideon had not a lot of faith? 
Now, we, we say to God, God, I need you to show me because, you know, when I look to tomorrow, I think, Lord, how am I going to get through it? Just show me, Lord. And we look to the word. Amen. We're able to, to look to the word and we're able to pray to him and say, Lord, this situation that I face now seems impossible. And I don't want to, to put myself in a position where I'm putting a fleece outside, Lord, and expecting you to answer my request just on a whim. But Lord, I, I do need to know that you're with me. And he says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. He says, I am who I say I am. He says, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He says, I love you. And we look to the word and we draw our strength. And Gideon here is just so desperate for God to show him before he goes into these next moments. And in one sense, it shows Gideon's weakness. Yet in another sense, it shows his boldness. Imagine you've met the angel of the Lord and now you're saying, God, not once but twice, I want you to show me that actually what you're going to do is true by making this fleece either wet or dry. But actually what it does do is it shows us the position of Israel as a whole. This one man's actions shows us the position of Israel as a whole because they are lost. They've forgotten this God that they worship. They've forgotten that this God has brought them out of terror after terror, out of moment after moment, God has delivered them. They turn their back on him and they eventually cry out to God and he delivers them. And then they turn their back on him and then they eventually cry out to God and he delivers them. And this cycle goes on and on and on. And only a generation has passed and they have no idea what God can do. What a terrible position to be in. That's why it puts the, the, the reality for us as parents, as adults, to pass on what God has done for us. Don't let our kids forget. Don't let our kids not know what God has done. Because otherwise, it's only a generation away. And they have no idea what God has done. And we have to look to the word and we say, God, we're going to need your help to show these kids we've got with us today so that they know that you are yes and amen. They know that you are able to deliver us from our enemies. And Israel, Gideon, as weak as they are and as, as brazen as Gideon is, God answers his request. But because of their weakness... Because of their lack of faith, I feel like when I read this word today that God does the oddest thing in these moments. God, we need you to deliver us from this oppressive nation, the Midianites that are, are just like locusts, as we'll read on in the valley. They are impossible to count. There are so many of them. God, we're going to need you to deliver us from them. And God does the oddest thing. Early in the next morning, at chapter 7, verse 1, Gideon and all his men camped at the spring of Harod. The camp of Midian was uh, north of them in the valley near the hill of Morah. The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many men. Now, I'm not being funny. Again, sense of humor here. Gideon's got 22, well, in fact, there's 30-odd thousand men. And he's thinking to himself, 
you know? There's a lot of them. There's a few of us. We've got this. And God says to him, Gideon, great that you've assembled the army. Well done. (laughs) You've got too many men. Way too many men. In fact, the Lord said to Gideon, you've too many men. I cannot deliver Midian into their hands. Listen, or Israel will boast against me. My own strength has saved me. My own strength has saved me. God is aiming now at the heart of the problem. You see, because for seven years, Israel have thought, we've got this. Until eventually, they're hiding in caves, trying to winnow wheat in a wine press. They're in a mess. Trying desperately to do it on their own. And God says, look, if you go and beat Midian with these people, Gideon, then they are going to think that they have done it. They're going to think that they have won. They're going to think that their own strength has saved them. Listen to verse 3. Now announce to the army, anyone who trembles with fear, that's as far as I'd have got. (laughs) Anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. You ready for the number? So 22,000 men left. Can you imagine the... uh, 22,000 men. Gideon's just worked hard to get this army together. 22,000 men have gone, yeah, to be fair, you know, we've got lasagna for tea. (laughs) So I'm off. And they leave. And Gideon's now thinking, right, okay, that's great, God. (laughs) But, you know, we appear to be a few people short. 10,000 now remain. But the Lord said to Gideon, there are still too many men. Now he's having a laugh. There are still too many men. And God sets up this idea, you're going to go down to the water, and whoever drinks this specific way, they're going to be the key people that we keep. And you can imagine Gideon sort of drawing out a rough plan of how I'd like you to drink. This is how I'd like you to drink. Do not drink like this. Drink like this. You know, please, I beg of you. There are 300 men that do as God intends. They've gone from 30,000 to 300. Just like that. And now, you see, we were looking last week, we're still looking now at having a power up moment with God. Where we say, God, I cannot do this, I need you. And God says, right, this is your power-up moment because it's not about you and your strength. It's what I can do through you. It's what I can do through you. Verse 7 of chapter 7, numerically lovely, the Lord said to Gideon, with the 300 men that lapped, I will save you and give the Midianites into your hands with just 300 men I am going to save Israel from this oppressive nation that for seven years church you have suffered under because you would not repent isn't that crazy 
when you put that whole picture into perspective, you're like, God, 300. I mean, do you think God needs the 300? There's the first question. Answer, no. He does not need the 300 at all. But what he's doing is he's raising up a leader in Gideon and he's raising up this nation that has been on its knees for so long. And 300 men, God says, I will save you. Not you will save Israel. Listen, don't miss the text. I will save you and I will give the Midianites into your hands. It's incredible as you read through the word, you see how numerous the enemy was. And that gets me to thinking for us today. And we're not facing the army in the valley, but what we are doing is we are facing various battles in our life. Things that come up, the enemy trying to trip us up. And we think to ourselves, God, this is too big for me to handle. There is no possible way I can deal with this. And God says, no, you're right. You don't need to, because I will deal with it for you. He is able, church, to do the immeasurably more. He's able to break down the barriers and the walls that the enemy tries to put up. And Philippians 4.13 tells us that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's not in my strength, it's through his. doesn't matter how big I get in the gym. doesn't matter how mentally strong or tough I feel like I am. It's the word of God. It's the power of the Lord through our lives that enable us to come over those obstacles. The giant that stands in front of us, doesn't matter how big they are, is God able? That's the first question we have to ask. God, are you big enough to deal with this problem in front of me? And if the answer is yes, then let him. If the answer is yes, then let him. And then we put that burden at his feet and we say, Lord, there's the only place for this issue is here. You can bring about the outcome. You can deal with the problem in front of us. And Gideon here, he doesn't quite grasp what's going off, but God is teaching Israel a lesson. He's teaching you and I a lesson today that he is able to do the immeasurably more. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will straighten your paths. He will make your path straight. And we say, Lord, I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what the end is going to look like at the end of the road of this battle that I'm facing today, but God, I know you do. And I'm going to trust that you're in control. I'm not going to lean on my own understanding, which says, Lord, this is too much. <laughs> it's too much. I can't cope. But I'm going to lean on you. I'm going to trust that you've got it. And I'm going to submit all of my ways to you because you are able to do the immeasurably more. Church, if we want victory over our enemies, it starts with God. Amen? If we want victory over our enemies, it starts with God. Hebrews 11 verse 1, now faith is being sure of what we hope for. And an absolute certainty of we do not see. God is able to do it. But we have to place it at his feet and we have to leave it there. Not place it there in prayer and say, yeah, okay, I'll itch this back on. It's Monday now. We have to leave it at his feet. 
We say, God, you're going to deal with this. God, make a way where there is no way. God can and he will in spite of me. God can and he will in spite of you. In spite of our weakness and our flaws, he is able to do the immeasurably more. I don't want you leaving this place thinking, I can't do anything. I want you to leave this place knowing that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. That's the power of the word of God. That's what the Lord does in our lives. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. That God, whatever tomorrow brings, you're with me. And we are going to tackle it together. And you, Lord, are going to have the victory. Amen? The word tells us, draw close to God. He will draw close to you. So we do that. We draw close to the word. We worship. We pray. We collectively, corporately worship. And we expect that God will do the rest. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you once again for your word, for its encouragement. Lord, there's a lot for us to think on and to ponder today. But we pray, Lord, that you would just work in our lives, that you would just speak to our heart, that your Holy Spirit would move, that, Father, we just reflect, that we just listen, and we'd step into tomorrow, knowing that you're the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, and you can do the impossible. Be with us, Lord. Encourage us, strengthen us, we pray. We ask these prayers in Jesus' precious name. Amen. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.